0: Hello and welcome back to the Shadow Work Library. My name is Jessica DiPazzi, and for the next at least 40 shows, I'm going to take you through this series that covers the spectrum of negative patterns in the human experience and how we can understand them and transmute them with Shadow Work. Now, if you're hearing my voice right now, you're in podcast land, and I'm so happy you found me here. But if you'd like to take a look at my new YouTube channel, I think you'll enjoy that version too. So you can find that link in the show notes. All right. Enjoy this show on the very delightful shadow of distraction. Do you know how many hours of Bob's Burgers you can watch to get through all of the seasons? 87 hours. 87, 87 hours, 46 minutes, there are 240 something episodes of Bob's Burgers and I watched them all as a form of training for this shadow of distraction. Because I'm a professional and I take my work very seriously. I went from spending hours a day contemplating soul, contemplating the ebb and flow of the primal nature of being human and the finesse of wisdom to sitting alone in my loft in the dark laughing at my computer screen like a complete psycho. And the best part was that transition into that was alarmingly effortless. Shadow Work Library cracks me up, (laughs) legit. It's a real challenge to put these shows together, but in a way that's hilarious because I become it. Every time a new shadow pops up into my consciousness, it's like Jumanji over here. I get sucked into the shadow and I have real life experiences that directly pertain to that specific vibration of density that I'm studying. And my whole life, my whole life changes before my eyes and I turn into Robin Williams and I need to free myself from the game every time. It actually makes me nervous respectfully to start diving into the research of every episode. Like what if I get stuck there? But that's the shadow work thing, right? It's scary, but almost always worth it. And you'll find your way out of it if you do it right. So given this shadow is distraction, I was sucked into the world of Jumanji-level distraction. I clearly watched a whole lot of Bob's Burgers, which yeah, I'm not proud of that. But actually, there are a few episodes in there that were deeply impactful for me, true story. So it was worth it. so deeply immersed in the shadow of distraction i visited a lot of coffee shops uh, to try to work and the thing about coffee shops now apparently is that they have beer too you know i just moved to austin and i live in the city not on a literal island like i did with jeff in canada where the one coffee shop that we had in our i guess you could call it a village it just sold coffee so here like beer after coffee has become a thing and Then the distraction continued. I picked up my phone an embarrassing number of times. Like, I know better than that. And one of the interesting things that I noticed about this shadow, this thing called distraction, was how crazy it felt. This shadow is not subtle. You know, some are harder to see, like the shadow of victimization or half-heartedness, those are sneaky. But for the shadow of distraction, we don't just see it playing out. It consumes us, it can possess us. And with the slightest bit of awareness, it doesn't take much, we can see it happening. We can see that all of this crap that's been distracting us from who we really are um, is this basic structure around why we don't actually do the things we really want to do and that these distractions are also very obviously not fulfilling to us. So after an exhausting marathon of going from thing to thing and serving full on distraction realness, I was like, okay, what the fuck am I trying to avoid? And so to answer that philosophically and not personally, I actually found my first clue in something called the Ring of Trials. The Ring of Trials can be found in my favorite book, The Gene Keys, which if you've never heard the show, if you're new to the show, it's a system that provides this holistic understanding of human consciousness and evolution. It's a way of understanding our, our place in the human experience helps us understand what role we're playing, where we came from, where we might go. It's a real mishmash of history and science, old and new, spiritual beliefs, world religions. Okay, so the gene keys, I'll admit themselves, they aren't that easy to understand right off the bat. And so the codon rings, which are a system within that system, they're even more like they're extra. Right. So I don't want to get into all of that right now because it's its own episode. But the Ring of Trials is a rabbit hole that I want to go down with you cuz I think this is this is pretty interesting. So the Ring of Trials is a series of life challenges that are meant to they're meant to heal someone or help someone, I would say, rather help you me awaken our dormant potential and fulfill our soul's purpose. Now, if that didn't sound like every sales page of every life coach out there, I don't know what does, but let me explain. Um we can add a little bit more texture to it with some mythology, which I think you'll like. So legend has it, there are three great trials that lay out this dramatic script of evolution itself, meaning there are three tests that we have to face in our evolution on this planet in this lifetime. And the first test is this great shadow of our forgetting. So every time a human being reincarnates on this planet, they bring with them certain kinds of memories, right? The Chinese Taoists, the Egyptians, the Tibetans, the ancient Indians with their Vedas. These cultures have spent significant resources, significant amounts of time to researching this thing that we in the West may poo-poo as being new age stuff, but they call it reincarnation. And these memories in this Vedic tradition, at least, they're known as karma. Now that's a word we all know-ish. A lesser known philosophy are the samskaras. Now, samskaras are specific memories that we carry from lifetime to lifetime according to the karma we've taken on in this lifetime. So if I could say that differently, the ancients are saying that we're caught in this net, in this wheel of our own making, and then we're really unable to remember who we truly are because of these new memories that we keep creating. But there's this one memory that tends to be dominant and it fights to be remembered in all of us to varying degrees, of course. And that's this desire to know why we're here, to like remember who we are. And there are clues that this desire is deep and it's real. It's that feeling when you meet someone and you're so strongly connected to them and you're so drawn to them, like you've known them your whole life. You feel like maybe you've known them from a time long, long ago in the great before. I'm talking about soulmates. We have lots of them out there. And often it takes this kind of ego death to really see them and to feel like to feel them, to feel this unconditional love that's possible without attachments or expectations, fears or rejections or reactions. But so what is the purpose of a soulmate other than they're awesome, right? Like they're they're great to meet. Which by the way, if you're watching the YouTube version, do you like my hair? I just got a Dyson hair wrap and I don't know how to use it. So it's a thing. Now, okay, from my understanding, the purpose of these divine meetings, these soulmates, is to help you remember that we've lived the same story and different nuances a million times before. And just think if you suddenly knew based on one of these relationships that you've been experiencing the same suffering over and over again in all of these lifetimes, wouldn't you snap out of it? So that's the great forgetting. Right. So cool. So to pass this test, we need to travel through all of these lifetimes until we remember our higher self. Right. So hot tip. Keep your soulmates close, see them, love them. And maybe you'll remember who you are. You know, actually, I just realized that's the end scene from Spirited Away where Haku remembers his name, you know, that he was the, the river spirit. Anyway, he's freed when he remembers his name and he can go back home. Damn, that movie gets so good. Like It's one of these movies that just gets better and better. The second trial pertains to the shadow that we're gonna be exploring today. By distracting ourselves with our our five senses, we maintain this sense of separateness with this addiction to the outside world. The ancient Chinese, this was something new, I didn't know. The ancient Chinese called this the, the five thieves, your five senses being your five thieves. And they believed that they drained you of your life force or your chi. And as you go inward and remember more of yourself, you eventually break this addiction. Now the interesting thing is in this modern world, the opportunity to tune out of all of this and then tune into some of this, it's become very challenging. In fact, it seems like it's actually requiring a level of courage to be bored in a culture where hard work and exhaustion are seen as the status symbol. So to pass this test, we need to stop distracting ourselves and embrace the suffering that we're running from and full circle right like that is what i was avoiding with this weird street drug called bob's burgers i was avoiding my own suffering and it doesn't sound like as intense or wasn't as intense as it sounds but that's a word right so the first trial makes you aware of your karmic suffering the second trial prevents you from like living life because you're habitually running from it and to stop and turn everything off and come face to face face to face with your inner world is a thing. The third trial, it tests the depths of your surrender and it leads to this final transcendence, but I need to get into the real meat of this show, so I'm not going to get into that one too much because it's a super hefty one. So all of this to say, you can see now why from a spiritual perspective, a spiritual wholeness perspective, the shadow of distraction can be really devastating. You know, I've been thinking about what it means to wake up in this esoteric sense, you could say, and I think that these trials come pretty close to making awakening a process. So when we look at hustle culture and doom scrolling and jumping from relationship to relationship, we're not just wasting time, but we're like normalizing the, de- the deterioration of our connection with our highest selves, with God. We may not have to deal with our discomfort, but we feel it, right? So this is a really good one. All right, let's get into the manifestations of this. The reactive, the outward expression of the shadow of distraction is exactly what it seems. It's overstimulation. It's a constant need to maintain movement, right? Whether that's relationship to relationship, television to working out, it's movement. The repressive manifestation of distraction, this inward expression is to be understimulated to the point of numbness. And uh, Rudd says that we can find this a lot in our our teenage years. So these two opposites had me thinking about drugs. (laughs) Honestly, a lot of things have me thinking about drugs. (laughs) Weird. My friend and cadre member who works on the special forces experience with me, which by the way, this is the last year we're doing it. You heard it here first. I don't think we've announced it anywhere else. But yeah, Benson Coulson, he's such a cool guy. Uh, We were talking about drugs, the plant medicine variety party drugs, pharma drugs, if they're good or bad, one of those conversations. And we agreed on this conclusion. Some drugs are good for some people. So that's my stance on it. Everything that someone might think I'm saying after this, just know that what I believe is some some drugs are good for some people. And clearly, I am not a doctor. I'm a person who thinks about things and talks about what I think about these things. So this is, let's just think about these things together. Uh, this clearly isn't medical advice. I don't need to say that, but I will anyway. So understimulation and overstimulation of your central nervous system, there are drugs that will fix that for us. Some people have doctors prescribe these fixes and some people self-medicate their own fixes. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not good. Sometimes you're depressed because of true chemical imbalances and TBI, you know, traumatic brain injury. Sometimes you're depressed because your life sucks. You know, that's that's actually something the shaman that I apprenticed with would say once in a while when people would come in. You know, I don't know why I feel lost. I feel like something's missing. I just I feel sad all the time. I feel anxious. She'd be like, well your life sucks. (laughs) I always liked when she said that, you know, instead of making changes, instead of distracting yourself with a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter, which in fact drains you of your life force anyway, you want to medicate it away, you want to plant medicine in a way, you want to distract it away, you want to make it just go away. So it begs the question, what exactly is distraction? And uh, thinking about this, felt more nuanced of a question than it seemed when I first started off with this research. It seems the easy answers would be sex, power, food, booze, drugs, Netflix, things like that. But this is shadow work, so nothing is ever really what it seems. Just like the darkness, the shadows in our lives can bring us our greatest gifts. So the things that can drain us of our life force one day can provide nourishment the next. In homeopathic doses, those exact things can be moments of awakening or food for our souls. Like a thing that has been coming into my consciousness a lot lately is cannabis, right? This is now one of the best tools I have in my shadow work arsenal. I only do it ceremonially or with the exact right high-vibey people. I have so much reverence for it now for the insights that it's provided me, and yet the same substance can easily be abused can easily ruin your life and you can easily become dependent on it. I actually just finished a course called Connecting with Cannabis by um, it was led by Ryan Sprague. Hi, Ryan, if you're watching, and I'm going to have him on the show. We have to keep rescheduling for some reason, Um, but it's taught me to use this medicine as a form of awakening and healing and evolution. So what I'm getting at is at some time, some things are good for some people. Most things aren't good all the time because generally you need more and more, more sensuality, more aliveness, more medication, more dieting, more working out, more psychic readings, more church, more confessionals, right? More caffeine to feel that same level of stimulation, that same level of peace or whatever pleasurable state you achieved when maybe before, not too long ago, just a taste was everything that you needed. But. To have just a taste of everything and anything, like doesn't that sound like a full life well-lived? Like just a taste, right? These homeopathic doses. To transmute the shadow of distraction to the gift of enrichment, it takes a kind of self-discipline, but a very intuitive kind, not a militant kind. So think about being a connoisseur of life, someone who appreciates these subtleties of life. You know, think about experiencing a kiss and feeling the electricity, the energy flowing up and down your body, the pressure of the slightest lip nibble, as opposed to being all in your head and wondering if she's DTF, right? Uh, I feel like there's an overshare coming up. (laughs) Okay, so if you have kids and they don't know about S-E-X and you don't want me to be the one that breaks it to them, you can skip ahead. Give me 30 seconds to talk through this. That also goes for my mom, my aunt, who I think watched the show. Hi, ladies. <laughs> so drugs, sex, let's just get into all of those places today. Some things are good sometimes. Sometimes a long term monogamous partner is good for some people at some times in their life. Is that controversial? I don't know. I think that makes sense. Sometimes a one night stand, some something that we've culturally deemed a dirty thing to do, sometimes that very short cycle of a relationship is amazing and it's awakening and that's all you need. Sometimes it teaches you a lesson you needed to hear or perhaps it led to connection, the torch and the warmth that woke you up to this appreciation you had for yourself that you'd forgotten about and it blazed a new life trail, right? We can oversimplify it by talking about evolutionary purposes and I know that we need to talk about those things, but sometimes to continue on with that person when you both know that that's all it was, and distracting you from your next phase of evolution. Like, I don't want to reduce it down to that, right? Sometimes a one-night stand, though, is the result of pressure or not wanting to reject the other person, feeling like you owe someone something, not knowing how to get yourself out of a situation, or you're just drunk and you're being an idiot. You know, sometimes it's because you want a cheap fix. So sometimes it's distracting and sometimes it's nourishing. Distraction depends. Right now, I am in a lone wolf phase, so I got a vibrator. And the first time I used it, level one was like a lot. Now I turn that thing up. I'm like, click, 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 clicking it up to level four. And that happened just like the Bob's Burgers thing in an alarming rate, like a short period of time. That was a few months ago. A little vibrator is good. A lot of vibrator, for me at least, is not good. So it's in the drawer, the drawer for a while. Uh, Now porn, no amount of porn I think is good for me. And I'll say, I don't think it's good for anyone. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to get back on track here. So anyway, (laughs) what is the point of distraction? What is enrichment? It depends. Sex can be the most powerful form of connection and nourishment, and it can also be the most devastating form of disconnection and disgrace. Food. That's another one. Okay. So this is a tricky one for me. Like you think about your diet, I think this will resonate with some of you. How I eat and what is nourishing for me right now is very confusing at the moment. Homeopathic doses of sexual pleasure and drugs, I think I got that figured out. But the way that I eat, with my background in the functional fitness space, I have this religion of performance nutrition that's ringing in my ears that I'm not eating enough protein and all that stuff. And I'm just now coming off of this experimental year of veganism, which was amazing for me until it wasn't. And now I'm mildly traumatized by two diet religions. So my distraction shadow work is around food, right? Like to eat the way that I feel like I want to eat actually scares me. If you know me at this point, it's not a surprise. I'm like a low key anarchist, but with nutrition, I will do whatever somebody tells me to do. I love following a system. And then those systems became prisons. I don't think they have to be, but that's just how it worked out for me hope this is all feeling relevant still. What I'm getting at is your cake that you can eat today on your birthday may fill you with celebration and joy and tomorrow that same piece of cake can fill you with candida. right? The person who really embodies this gift of enrichment can sense the subtleties. They can sense the difference and they can feel these changing tides and the moon phases with everything that they experience. So there's this kind of self-awareness. It's a slowness a smoothness, a raw sensuality about this gift. Every moment is savored and whirled around in the mouth. And these people are like, are great poets. And not necessarily in the traditional sense. You know, maybe she just has a smile that heals you and a laugh that reveals you. That's a Billy Joel song. People who embody this gift of enrichment, they may not also be, they may be like, not an easy person to be in relationship with also. I'll say that like generally people like their partners and their friends to be consistent, to be so connected with somebody that flows like the wind, requires powerful self-realized solidness. You know, it's a person that can stand in their own fire and not get swept away and someone that's making a myth of their own lives. But it's really, it's a beautiful gift. You know, Um, this is actually a bit of an easy shadow work submission now, I think, now that they think about it, it's just a beautiful, energy shift, a transmission, a transmutation of something that we all have access to. Obviously, clearly loads and loads of distractions. So if you take away, you know, any kind of advice from this episode, I say it's to see what happens to you when you turn up the saturation and the sharpness of your outer world. Don't add more, just notice more and move your consciousness into your soul and feel how time literally slows down. Yeah. Remember how How these deep moments of mundaneness um, and less desire can feel when you start to reclaim your senses around them, you know, uh, reclaim your senses and your awareness around something as simple as a hug or a kiss on the cheek. Because, yo, that is what we need more of in this world. Addiction to the subtle beauty of what's in abundance. Air, the cosmos, love, and Bob's Burgers. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Hulu. All right, yeah, this is a short one today. Um, I think we're done here. 39 shows to go, and then I'm off to pitch my next great project to you, which I think is going to be epic. Uh, It's a TV series. A TV series. (laughs) So if you're enjoying the show, please check out the YouTube version. I'm practicing my camera vibes. Send me some love. A rating and review would be amazing. And you can also find me on Instagram at Jessica JessicaDepatsy underscore. That's D-E-P-A-T-I-E underscore. All right, everybody, stay safe, but not too safe. And I'll see you next time. Peace.
1: Break me out the pattern. The rings of Saturn. Yeah. Get me out of my way. I surrender mission to gain another vision. Get me out of my way. The stars, they be whispering. Long and you be kindred. Get me out of my way. A true double seeker to find the inner teacher. Get me out of my way. I'm still learning how to walk in my fire. Live in my fire. Love. Try to push, I leave myself blinded, yeah, get me out of my way, and so I stay reminded it's all perfect timing, get me out of my way, I gotta go under if I wanna find it, get me out of my way, I am that I am that I am, what I am, love I am that I am what I am. I'm still learning how to walk in my fire in my fire, love in my fire, I'm still learning how to walk in my fire, live in my fire.